Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting worldwide on Internet Radio. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. Welcome, everyone, to the Refresh Your Wealth show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. This is Matt Sorensen here, excited to be with you today for another amazing episode of Refresh Your Wealth. And I'm, I'm here with my sidekick and uh, partner, co-host of the show, extraordinaire of many things, Mark Kohler. What? Sidekick? I, th- I thought I was Batman and you were Robin. I, I just, hey, they're, I just... they're both sidekicks to each, you know? <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Just got downgraded to sidekick this morning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Do you want to be wingman? What do you want to be? What do you yeah, want to be? Yeah, I want to be wingman. <laughs> You've always needed a wingman. I'll be your wingman. There we go. So, so, uh, so Matt Sorensen and his wingman, Mark Kohler, here on the show today. <laughs> hey, Mark, this is going to be a great show. The perfect LLC. Is there such a thing? Yeah. It's like, you know, the spotted white leopard, you know, and Walter Mitty, you know, is it out there? You know, I don't know. The perfect LLC. Well, we're going to bust down all the tricks and tips that we go over every day with clients around the country. And yes, believe it or not, you may not know everything by just Googling and going to LegalZoom. You might learn something today. So that's right. That's right. And, you know, the perfect LLC is kind of like finding the perfect man or woman. You know, uh, it's different for everybody. And there's different things that we all need, and depending on what you're doing, you know, one LLC is not right for – it's not one size fits all. So it's also like shopping for a suit or a dress. you got to make sure it fits right. Just throw whatever analogies I can out there. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, it's uh, the the perfect man or woman. This week I'm celebrating my 25th wedding anniversary. Crazy. Congratulations. Yeah, it seems like yesterday. I can't believe it. So, so, uh, but I, I think I finally have trained my wife. I don't. That's probably about. You don't want to use the word train and your wife in the same sentence. It's probably. You're amazed I made it to 25 years when I say things like that, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but yesterday, I was so proud of her. She goes. She she, she she she's doing the homecoming parade here in this little town, and uh, yeah. so she's donating some things, and she's like, hey. I got a receipt so we can take a tax write off of the parade. And I was like, Jen, I am so proud of you. Now, I don't know if that was part of her, you know, ploy to explain why she spent money on this parade or if she just <laughs> truly wanted a tax write off. Whatever her intentions were, I'll take it. Yeah. We got a tax write off for the high school parade this weekend. So, homecoming parade, boom. Oh, well, it's that time. It's football season. You know, kids are back in school, homecoming. Oh, it's just a, it's an awesome time of year. So, um, well, you've got, 
Yeah, weather, weather's changed. And you, you're right. I got another announcement. I'm, did you see this, the, the new movie trailer? The Accountant. The, yes! The hashtag The Accountant. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, finally. The, yeah. Hollywood has caught up to real, you know. Yeah, Ben Affleck is The Accountant. If you guys haven't seen this, go check out hashtag The Accountant. Uh, Mark Kohler was, you know, trending on hashtag the account, but I think Ben Affleck's taking over right now. <laughs> and uh, get yeah, this, guys. Yeah. This is a movie about this secret accountant who finds tax deductions in the most unlikely of places. And uh, he's a highly trained assassin of, you know, inefficiency and uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I went to the movies last night, and I saw this trailer. Seriously, I, I rolled like ten times, I have to say. <laughs> Well, I, uh, I, they took my bio off my website for this, and I was really offended. So, but I, you know, I'm just glad that Hollywood has caught the vision. And I was on the short list; they were going to cast me, but uh, Ben Affleck beat me out. So, yeah, my cast, my agent, he sucks. I mean, I really got to get a new agent. You know, if they're going to do, oh, do the movie The Accountant and not use me, yeah, whatever. I agree. You gotta yeah. you gotta make changes there. I mean, yeah. I mean, losing out to Ben, but so kind of a big deal. So anyway, folks, you gotta get out and see the movie. It's gonna be you know it's perfect all <laughs> tax planning type of show. So you're gonna love it. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna bomb. Let's be real. <laughs> Gosh, man. did you see the trailer? Have you seen the trailer? I I, I just saw uh, most of the trailer. I I walked into the room and saw. I'm like, this looks cool. It's and then like, at the end, they're like, The Accountant. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's a, it's a hit right there. They just nailed it with the title. Well, it, the trailer starts off with, like, jokes of Ben Affleck having a pocket protector. And then it's, like, him shooting a rifle with a silencer on it, like, killing, like, these wealthy people whose money he helps hide. It's like, what? I, I don't know. I'm just not I'm just not buying it. I just, I mean, you know, it's not fitting. Matt, Matt, some of us live that life, so it's a little easier to relate. To That's it, but, true. Uh, True, true enough. Yeah, I've got my gun, and I drive around in Idaho with a gun in my truck now. So, yeah, and it's just the way it is. You know, it's it's open carry now in, in Idaho. I don't even need a really? permit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have to even take a test. I just go buy a gun, and I can walk around with a gun. Oh, you got a, you got a permit. Second <laughs> Amendment. <laughs> That's your permit. <laughs> I got a permit. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Thomas Jefferson. I'm boom. Got it. Yeah, there we go. There you go. So, um, all right. Well, let's get on. We got to get on with the show. We're just going to end up screwing around here. We got to get to the LLC stuff, but we've got an important tax and legal tip first. You ready for the legal tip, Matt? Well, let's go with the tax tip first. Really? Yeah. Okay. Buy, buy me some time here. Okay. <laughs> right. Here we go with the tax tip. <laughs> A tax tip you can actually understand and won't put you to sleep. A tax tip that could save you thousands. Okay, well, this is a, this is important. I'm, I'm, it's kind of a two-pronged tax tip because they're short and sweet. Number one, this week, as many of you know, September 15th is the tax deadline, tax filing deadline for LLCs and S-corporations. So if you have a two-member LLC... And we're going to talk about it a little later in the show, or an S corporation. They are due on September 15th this week. If so, here's the tip: it's not the end of the world if you don't file on time. The penalties 
are much, much worse for your 1040, so, which are due October 15th. The IRS wants to see the LLCs and corps done a month before the personals, and it's a, it's a good thing. It kind of motivates you to get your business done, so then you get a month left to do your personals for anybody out there that it waits to the last minute, <clears throat> a.k.a. Mark Kohler. So what you want – so, but here's the thing. The penalty, again, for 1040s is a percentage of the tax due. Late filing penalties are ugly. But for the S-Corp, the penalty is only $195 per month per shareholder. So if you're running your own S-Corp, it's just you, $200 penalty, not the end of the world, um, to buy yourself an extra week or so before you get done with your 1040 October 15th. So that's my first tip. Matt, right bad, not bad, right? I like that, yeah. yeah. And for my California folks, because you get the <laughs> sea breeze and in and out there is around a 200 I, I was trying to verify the exact amount this morning, but it's, it's about $212 for the California late filing penalty for an LLC or S-Corp. So only, one of the only states in the country, again, my, to my friends in California, I know you hate it. It's red tape, you know, the sovereign nation of California. Okay, now, second, second little tip here. This is on the newsletter that all of you saw yesterday. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, please get to refreshyourwealth.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can also get a 15-minute free interview with one of our attorneys. If you're contemplating looking for a new lawyer or accountant, we're there for you. Get to Refresh Your Wealth. Sign up for the newsletter. Yesterday, we highlighted a major scam alert, so I've just got to at least mention it. This week alone, we had three clients of ours just in our pool of clients, and this is the three clients that told us about it that the IRS called them demanding payment or they were going to send over the local police and that they were going to be arrested and they needed uh, – it was for back taxes and this huge fear tactic. Three clients of ours called just in the last seven days. It's worse out there. People can, cannot rob you on the streets now. And white-collar crime, I, white, you know, identity theft, uh, it's, it's terrible. So please be careful. I give five on the newsletter – You've got to go get it's you know, there's five things that will identify whether or not it's the IRS really calling you trying to demand payment. But let me give you the first one because it's so easy. The IRS will never call you. The IRS does not call you. If you get a call from someone saying they're the IRS, say, oh, thank you so much for calling me. Send me a letter. Bye. You don't want to incite these people. You don't want to call names because who knows what they're going to do with your private information. Just hang up nicely and move on. I've wanted to fight with these people before, but you don't know what they're going to do. So just people, the IRS does not call you. They send you letters and you call them. So that's, that's so easy. The IRS will never call you. So it's a major scam right now. Watch out. I've had our controller, Matt, wasn't this funny last year? Our controller got a call trying to collect money from our firm and me uh, from the IRS. And our, and our controller, our employee was like, oh, my gosh, the IRS is after us. I'm like, no, the, who called you? The IRS doesn't call you. And he's like, oh. So anyway, just a little tip there. So there you go, Matt. Tax tips. Yeah. Yeah, two for one right there. Oh, that was, that was a special. That's a false special. And uh, I, you know, the IRS plays hard to get. They just—they're not going to call you. You got to chase them down, and uh, and then you know they bring wrath down on you if you don't. So, well, I've got a, I've got a, uh, I've got a legal tip here that's solid as gold. Bam. 
A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. For those who read the Wall Street Journal, there was an article last week in the Wall Street Journal about self-directed IRAs owning precious metals and storing those precious metals in the IRA owner's home. Now, I want to let you know, mattsorensen.com, sdirahandbook.com, had a blog article about this about six months ago that said the same thing that the Wall Street Journal just published. <laughs> but what was cool surprise, about it, surprise. Yeah, I know they're just stealing all their ideas from my blog, but this is an important point and one that I did blog about and uh, redid for this week's newsletter because of the Wall Street Journal article, which, which generated a lot of attention for those of you who self-direct your IRA. So a uh, quick, quick tip here about self-directed IRAs. First, um, you can own precious metals with your self-directed IRA. They have to meet certain qualification rules. You can't just buy any precious metals, but an IRA can hold gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and they have to meet finest requirements or be specifically approved coins. The second issue, though, becomes, well, how do you store the precious metals owned by your self-directed IRA? And there's a specific rule on this that says precious metals owned by an IRA must be stored by a bank. And a bank is defined in the code as bank, credit union, or trust company. Now, there are some people out there, and you may have heard this AM radio commercial, promoting using self-directed IRAs to buy precious metals that you store at your home. Now, I don't think that's a good idea for security purposes anyways. Um, and I know some people don't trust the banks and the government, and that's, that's a lot of people who like to do this. But... Um, uh, that does not meet the storage requirement for precious metals. They need to be stored at a bank. If you have an IRA LLC, use a safety deposit box at a bank. If you have you know, a self-directed IRA that owns it directly, your IRA custodian should be making sure that those specific metals are stored uh, with a bank. So uh, quick tip there, Wall Street Journal article talked about it finally. You could have caught it six months ago on the self-directed IRA handbook website. But uh, really important distinction. And the, the one thing I will say the Wall Street Journal got that I didn't is the IRS commented on their story and said – and they warned against home storage. So that was an important update because the IRS did finally weigh in on that. They haven't made any announcements or guidance on it, but they did provide comments to the Wall Street Journal on the article to say, we are against home storage for precious metals owned by your IRA. Gosh, great tip, Matt. I mean, I love it. And Hot off the press. Yeah, and frankly, I want to get into this just so that I can own palladium. I mean, that sounds so cool. I don't want to buy gold. I want, don't want to buy silver. I just want to buy palladium. I know. But, it just sounds like, cool, huh? Yeah, just like a Superman, you know, some sort of precious metal that will, you know, defeat a, you know, a superhero. I'm palladium. Yeah. I think, I, like that's what, that. I think that's what Ben Affleck has on the account. <laughs> He's got it. Probably true. Yeah. Probably he, true. He's just got tons of palladium. <laughs> That's right. He's doing home storage with his self-directed IRA and his uh, he's, rifle. He's playing dangerous. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, well, now it's time for the question of the week. This is where all of you, our listeners, can win a free autographed copy of either mine or Matt's book with hundreds of reviews on Amazon, five-star reviews everywhere, all over the web. These books are just you know, gems of tax and legal planning that will save you thousands. So if you want to win a copy of this book, you have to reply. Be the first one to reply to the question of the week, which I'm going to share with you shortly. 
and uh, it's my turn this week, so I'm so excited. Uh, so question of the week, question of the week. I'm introducing my own question here. Uh, we need to get a jingle for this, Matt. We should really get a jingle that's like, question of the week, boom, boom, you know, something. We, yeah. We kind of, you know, put that on. Give that to our producer. We're still looking for a sponsor so we can get a producer. Yeah, we need, like, uh, uh, Will Ferrell to do it. You know, he does, like, stat of the day for the Dan Patrick show. Stat of the day, stat of the day. But we got to get, like, uh, <laughs> we got to get someone yeah. jingling question of the week, question yeah. of the week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, we got to get on that. Okay, put it on the list. So, question of the week here, if you want to win, you can reply via email to either Mark, M-A-R-K, at KKOFLawyers.com, or Matt, M-A-T, at KKOFLawyers.com. If you're trying to hurry and win this, you may want to type Matt. It's one less letter, so you can hurry and type your answer. Matt at KKOFLawyers.com. So, Here's the question of the week, and just reply, right, as soon as you hear this, on smartphone, whatever. Let's assume that you are going to your favorite football game this Saturday, and it is time to tailgate. Folks, yes, it is tailgate season. So this is the tailgate question. Is it possible for you to create a tax write-off for your tailgate party this Saturday at the football game? What would that entail? Give me a quick answer. Give me something I can hang my hat on. Can you write off your RV? Can you write off the food for your tailgate party? What would you need to do to write off your tailgate party this weekend? Hopefully to a non-SEC game. Just throwing that out. But even the SEC fans are allowed to respond to this question. So, folks, please send an email with your answer of how could you write off your tailgate party this weekend? Is it even possible? But give me a little love. The quickest and most correct answer will win a copy of Minor Matt's book, and we'll announce the winner next week on our show. So stay tuned. Hey, and can we do a special, Mark, for BYU fans only, where they can, they can go for two. They can get a copy of my book and Mark's book. You can go for two this week. I know you guys like to go for two. I, I hear... I, I hear a fail coming on. Fail. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you BYU fans want to go for two, you write in with the right answer. Yeah. Let us know you're a BYU fan because we know it's extra hard for you to get questions right also. And we'll give you, <laughs> we'll give you two books. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. We just lost a few listeners right there. Now, for those that you know, may be new listeners, because our home office is in southern Utah, we do have a, somewhat of a following of Utah you know, fans, BYU fans. That's a huge rivalry. This is like Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, this is this is a big rivalry in the state of Utah. So, uh, this last weekend, uh, one for the sixth year in a row. So BYU fans are licking their wounds again on a failed two-point conversion. So, <laughs> Matt, that was a good good job on that. That was funny. Uh-huh. So you're. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, thanks for yeah. explaining my joke to the audience, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since only 3.5% of our listeners even care about the oh, Utah game, I had it, to explain it. It killed for them, though. It was it was really good. Um, all right. Well, let's get on with the perfect LLC, Mark. I know you got your uh, your list here. Um, we want to just fire away and get into the the perfect LLC. Yeah. So this, so what we've done, folks, is we created a list and uh, of just issues, things not to do, things to do uh, when it comes to the perfect LLC that might fit your situation. I know, I literally know 
all of you listening today are going to walk away with something, drive away, wherever you're at, you know, lay, you're, you're on your <laughs> treadmill, you're walking, you're going to walk off that treadmill with the tip here because Matt and I literally teach this class on LLCs to other attorneys and other CPAs. And many students come up and these are other professionals that come up and go, oh my gosh, I learned so much today. You don't get this in school. You don't, this is, this is cutting edge yeah. stuff. Um, in, in college, a whole semester is dedicated to LLCs. That's in your master's program as an accountant or, or in law school. We go to full-day seminars on LLCs. Ugh. But we do it for you. We do it for you, our listeners. We're givers. That's, that's what we are. We're givers. Well, yeah. you want to fire off on this list? I got a, a – I think this – and I, let me just say this too. Let me preface one thing, and let's hit the list quick though. But I uh, – if you – don't have an LLC, you're thinking of starting up a business, or if you have an LLC, both camps here, you want to listen to this and understand this because I guarantee you there's going to be something that applies to you and you're going to, you're going to have a major takeaway. Um, so, okay. Are you ready for item one? So let's, item let's one, get it on. Let's do it. Okay. So item one, which I think is a good foundational tip. I was going to go with the, one of the big, no nos, but let's let's go with this LLC S corp issue because some people will set up an LLC and then tax it as an S corporation, hmm. which begs the issue or the question of when is an LLC better than an S corp and wh what's the difference? Now yeah. we could spend a whole show on just the difference between an S corp and LLC, but let me throw out my two cents on this, Matt. Then your your comments, and we'll take turns on these these issues. Is um, if you've ever been to a workshop or minor mats, we walk up to the whiteboard and we draw a line right down the middle. And on the left side, we'll put your ordinary income, your operations. And on the right side, we'll put your investments for passive income. So S corporations need to stay on the left side. They are for operational income. They're going to save on self-employment tax. You're going to set up payroll. You're going to do 401k planning and put kids on payroll and write off all sorts of cool stuff in your S corporation. But S corporations are for ordinary income. LLCs go on the right side generally, and they're going to hold investment income or assets, rental properties. We're going to get into how many rentals to put in an LLC and all that. But the point here is we never want to put an LLC on the left side, unless it's for a partnership reason. We don't want to put an LLC that holds rentals in the left side owned by an S-Corp. And I had that issue this very week with a client that had an S-Corp that owned an LLC and his rentals were in the LLC. And he said, well, Mark, I put my rentals in the LLC. I go, great. And then his S-Corp owned his LLC. So it defeated the whole purpose. So tip number one here is keep those separate S-Corps on the left, LLCs on the right. Now, we might use LLCs for partnerships. So we'll come to that in a moment. But we want to keep assets on the right that are held by our LLCs. And you can take an LLC and have it taxed as an S-Corp. And that's great. That's a, a special election. But uh, that's, uh, that's different than an LLC holding rentals. That's an LLC taxed as an S-Corporation. Mm -hmm. Then you got an S-Corp. Matt, how, what would you add to that? Ooh, I like that. So I think the first thing to think about is how is my LLC going to be taxed? And the S-Corp's a trip. Some people trip up and, and say, well, I'm going to have taxed as a C-Corp. I've even had people do that, unfortunately. Um, some people don't even know how the heck it's taxed. And generally, if you don't know, 
and you didn't do anything besides you got an EIN, you're typically going to be a sole proprietorship if it was just one owner or a partnership if there was multiple members. But who knows? you got to make sure that when you go in, make sure you understand that first initial issue of how is this tax? And we're going to hit that you know, back and forth a little bit here through a couple of comments, but that's just a, a key frontline issue. Yep. How's it tax? Okay. Now, on that note of this LLC S-Corp, and then we'll move on to the next issue, is a lot of times when a client's starting an operational business, we'll say form an LLC. So if you're going to open a restaurant or an online business or do sales or services, you might start as an LLC. And the beauty is you can turn it into an S-Corp in the future. You can even backdate an S-election to the beginning of the current year you're in. Uh, 98% of those are received and accepted by the IRS without question. Other times you've got to fight it out a little bit. But the beauty is you can take an LLC and turn it into an S-Corp retroactively within reason. So that's another benefit of the LLC with this S-election is that you have flexibility. If you walk in and go, Mark, I need an S-Corp, boom, we set up an S-Corp. Or we can, boom, set up an LLC and then see how the year goes and turn it into an S-Corp retroactively. So a little S-Corp twist on the LLC, one of the first issues we generally deal with. All right. Let me, <clears throat> let me, hit, let me hit the next one I want to throw out here, which, okay. is, which is why an LLC. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and when you understand why, you also need to carry out just a couple of steps to make sure you're staying true to the why. So <laughs> start with why. There's like a book about okay. that. But I like it. I like it. We're, generally, we're setting up an LLC. One of the first reasons is for liability protection. You're starting a new business. You're owning a rental property. Whatever those issues may be, the, one of the primary reasons you're setting up the LLC is to have the limited liability protection that an LLC offers. And what that means is if something happens in that business, this is an LLC running a business or it owns a rental property, a plaintiff needs to sue the LLC they are forced to sue the LLC. They can't sue you personally. They can't come after you as the owner and your assets. They're stuck at the LLC. Now, they can get at whatever the LLC owns, but there's this corporate veil that prevents them from going down to you personally. Now, for people who operate a business that's an LLC, you need to run it as an LLC. If you own an LLC that runs a business, run it as that LLC. Put it on your contracts. If you own a rental property with the LLC, that rental property better be deeded into the LLC, okay? It needs to own these assets and be actually running the business. And the next thing to keep in mind is make sure you're having a separate bank account for the LLC. That's important for liability purposes. You want to make sure that you're not showing it's just you and running everything through your personal account because then the courts aren't going to distinguish between the LLC and you personally. So make sure you have a separate bank account for the LLC that can receive the income and pay the expenses. Now, you can transfer money from you to the business account, from the business account back to you as needed to fund the business or to take out profits. But the main income and expense needs to be running through the LLC. And remember, you're doing that primarily to make sure that you maintain the asset protection of it. It's also going to make your bookkeeping and accounting a lot easier if you're using that account solely for business. I love it. Now, on this perfect LLC topic, what Matt, another way to say it, and I like what he's talking about here, is respecting the LLC, which brings us <laughs> to one of, another issue on, like on our LLC list, is that if you're going to set up an LLC, like Matt says, freaking use it and, and, and make sure it's set up properly, which brings us to one of our other tips. Folks, be careful. 
going online and setting up an LLC on a state website because you're like, I'm not going to pay the Kohler, Sorensen firm 400 bucks or 800 bucks. I'm just going to go online and do it for 100 bucks. Oh, I can save some money. Okay, cool. Now, did you get your operating agreement? Did you get your minutes? Did you get your uh, membership certificates? And then ultimately what happens on day two is they've got questions. Did I do it right? What do I need to do? Folks, pony up the 400 to 800 bucks, which we're in that range, just helping you do it right. It's not terribly expensive. There are Yahoo's out there that charge far more, far more than that. So to set up the perfect LLC, my point is get a little consulting, get a little support, do it right. Do you know we have a full-time paralegal? A full-time paralegal, all she does is perform the service fixmylegalzoomentity.com. That's it. <clears throat> Just fix my legal Because, And I'm not kidding you. If not daily, in one of us five attorneys in our consults, I almost think it's daily for me and my consults, just having three or four calls a day. Yeah. A client comes through the door that has a piece of crap LLC that's on one sheet of paper, and they go, can you have your paralegal clean it up and fix it? Done. We have a pricing schedule for this. It's that common. So just do it right from the beginning. Perfect LLC. Yeah, and just keep in mind, when we're fixing those LLCs, and Mark, I know you've, you've learned this the hard way, but you can't polish a turd. So sometimes <laughs> you, sometimes you're going to come to us with one of these LLCs or, that you set up online, and it's just a piece of garbage, and we're not even going to be able to fix it. We're just going to mm-hmm. say, just throw that piece of turd in the garbage. Let's set up a real LLC and start, and start over. And so then you've paid twice. You've paid to do it yep. the crappy way, and then you're paying to get it done right. And so sometimes yep. we can't yep. even save it. I love it. Now, here's another example, another issue. Of some of you are like, it's not that hard. I'm just going to set it up. Okay, really? Okay, let's throw down another issue. Are you going to go member-managed or manager-managed? Okay, when you set up an LLC online, you have to check that box, member-managed or manager-managed. We have many clients come through the door that just set up their LLC member-managed. I own it. I'm going to manage it. (laughs) We don't do that at our firm. We do not set up LLCs member-managed. Right off the Right out of the gate, we don't even do it that way. So why? Why is KQS lawyers different? Because, folks, when you do a manager-managed LLC, the public does not know who the owners are. Now, that's in 48 of the states. Arizona, being one of the odd ones, requires that you disclose the members if any member owns more than 20% or more. But in the far majority of all the states out there and all the state websites, the manager is public but the owners are not. So you might have an IRA as an owner. You might have partners, your trust. Who knows? This is a privacy issue. So the beauty of this is realizing that having a member-managed LLC, you, you, you've now created more headache when you change membership. You've got to amend it with the state. Your members are out there. But the beauty with a manager-managed is all that ownership is private, and you can change the ownership anytime without doing an amendment. Yeah, and, and for those member-managed, I mean, that caused so many problems. I mean, I fix IRA LLCs where people put member-managed on it, and that, that automatically doesn't work because your IRA is really going to manage the thing. Or what if you have a trust that owns your LLC? Oh, your trust is managing this? Now you're going to sign as a trust to authorize anything for the LLC? It's, it's just a, it's a rookie mistake. And that's just one example of a number of series of problems we see when, when people go it alone. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you want to okay. talk about the, yeah. uh, the state of the LLC, what, what sure, state I, I, of, of the nifty 50? 
50. There you go. Now, this is a big topic and an exciting one. Um, we're, we're not just talking about the do's and not the don'ts. We're not just talking the, the nightmare stories here. Let's talk proactively about some cool stuff. One of the perfect LLCs is what's called a COPE, a charging order protection entity. That's a type of LLC where if someone sues you personally for a car accident, can they get into your LLC? Well, there's only 13, 14 states out there that give charging order outside protection where someone can't get into your LLC. So these are types of LLCs that you might use as a holding company for your other LLCs. You might use this as a parent LLC. Now, we don't recommend this for all of our brand new investors, but what this creates is a lot of misdirection and a lot of fear tactics that mm -hmm. these promotion companies out there that aren't law firms will start selling Wyoming, Nevada, Utah, Delaware, New Mexico, these COPE entity states for everybody. But Matt, we, where do we set up our entity for the rental versus the COPE? What's your take on this? Yeah, so generally first thing to think about is where are you doing business? If this is a rental property, where are you going to own property? We're going to set up the LLC in that state because if something happens, you're going to get sued in that state. And a judge in that state is going to apply the law in that state. You don't want to go in with, you know, you're already behind the ball if you're coming in with a Wyoming entity on, on this issue. So we want to go first to the state where you're going to conduct business. I mean, let's say you went to Wyoming or Nevada for the rental, but then you're buying a rental property in Texas or some other state. Well, you're going to pay fees to Wyoming or Nevada, and Nevada is really expensive, by the way. And you're going to pay fees to Texas because you got to register it in there just to, to be doing business. So it's, it's actually a lot cheaper to um, just set up the entity in the state where you're doing business. And that's general rule of thumb. There's a few exceptions to that, like Mark said, with the charging order protection entity. But don't get confused by that. The primary liability protection is how do I protect me from the liabilities of the business? That's what 99% of people are trying to get from an LLC. They're not worried about liability that they're going to incur personally. We're worried about what's the business, this new business or this new rental property or whatever. What's that liability it's going to incur? And I want to protect what I already have from that. Every LLC in all 50 states is going to give you that protection. Don't chase down Nevada or Wyoming for that. Yeah. And let me take one other stab at it in a different way, because I know this is confusing for some of you listening going, oh my gosh, I'm totally confused. Step one, basic. If, if you buy a rental in Alabama, you set up an Alabama LLC. If you buy a rental in Arizona, you set up an LLC in Arizona. If you're doing business in Illinois, and that's where your business is, set up your LLC in Illinois and maybe make your SO election later. That's where you're we're doing business. That is business asset protection. You're protecting yourself from the business. Now, stage two, you're kicking butt. You've got 15 rentals, 10 rentals. You've got a, a beach house, a cabin, a, a farm, and you want to protect that asset from other liabilities. Now we're taking a different angle, and you want to protect your pool of rentals. That's where this COPE protection comes in. Now we go to phase two, and you set up a parent company in a, a Wyoming-type location, which is affordable and very private, not like Nevada, and we use Wyoming as the parent to own your baby LLC. So that, that's where – and so people will oversell this to, to make more money off of you. But go with phase one, and then you can always graduate to phase two, and we'll walk you through that, folks, for – for pennies on the dollar compared to these 
promoters out there charging five, ten thousand dollars for these asset protection crap packages. Be careful. Mm. Nicely said. Nicely said. <clears throat> well, Matt, let me ask you this: How many LLCs should I have for my rentals? I, I and you and I debate this all the time, and mm-hmm. I generally agree with you on this. So why don't you throw out a, kind of our firm opinion there? All right. So this is a question of equity, not how many properties. A lot of people say, well, if I've got 10 properties, should I have 10 LLCs? Well, it depends. It's, it's not an issue of how many properties you have. It's how much equity do you have at risk. And so, for example, if you have five properties in one LLC, something goes wrong on property number one, the plaintiff can sue the LLC and they can get any equity owned in all five properties because they're all owned by the same LLC. Now, if those properties all have new mortgages, there's not a lot of equity, who cares? There's nothing for the plaintiff to get. But let's say those properties are paid off. Well, now then there's a lot of equity. Well, now a creditor who just had a liability on property number one can now get at the equity in two, three, four, and five. So you've kind of put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak, if you've got a lot of equity in one LLC. So what we like to do is say when you've got multiple properties, let's look at how much equity you have. When you're around 200 to 250,000 of equity, we like to say let's separate those properties out. Let's put them in different LLCs, spread the risk out, so to speak, so that we don't have all the properties and all the assets tied up for one liability to happen and then it corrupts the whole thing. But there's a balancing act. We don't want you to have an LLC for every property either. Let's look at the equity. Again, our rule of thumb is 200, 250,000 of equity. We like to start splitting them up into separate LLCs so that you can keep those separate lines of protection uh, amongst your assets. I love it. Now, you know, I love this, this concept of eggs in a basket. Now, I don't know if any of you in your life have carried around eggs in a basket. I, <laughs> I think that's a... Easter <laughs> eggs. Uh, that, okay, fair enough. You know, usually they're hard-boiled at that point, so maybe like, multiple you know, eggs the plastic, one the plastic ones with, with yeah. candy in them. If you've got a lot of them in there and you're running with it, and something happens, all of them bust open, and there's candy yeah. all over the place. That's true. That's a good point. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking we need to create a, a viral video of a, a young farm maiden walking into a farm with her basket of pickly, you know, quick, fresh <laughs> eggs that she just, you know, harvested, and she's going to drop the basket. And it just, you know, travesty. The family doesn't eat that week. So we've got a, I, I think we, a oh. viral video has got to come out on that. Yeah, so just, you're definitely onto this, something. I, I'm onto something. I, I might even call Ben Affleck, see if he's on, if we could work that into an account too, something like that. But okay, so now here, here's another thing. Uh, dude, I want to ask this because this is one of the big misnomers out there. So let's just get it out there. One of the issues. Do LLCs save taxes? Folks, think about that for a minute. Do LLCs save taxes? No, they don't. Do I have to have an LLC to write off my auto, my dining, my entertainment? Do I have to have an LLC to do that? No, I have to have a business. I got to be making money. I don't even have to be profitable, but I at least got to have sales. But do I have to have an LLC? And the answer is no. So one of the key issues in this perfect LLC situation is, we have phone calls with clients all the time that call up and go, hey, I, I, I need to start my business. I want to get right off, so I better form my LLC. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk about your business and getting it launched yeah. and getting the write-offs. Then we'll talk about setting up an LLC. Yeah. Now, what about the other tax issues, though? Because we've, I mean, we've kind of dipped our foot in the S-Corp already. Um, but what about just, you know, 
husband and wife owning a company, Ooh. partnership taxes. I mean, there are still tax consequences. That may not be saving taxes, but there's some a couple of tax decisions to think about, though, right? Yeah, and and it's funny that you bring this up because I literally just had a phone call yesterday uh, with a client out of Washington State. Uh, we're helping clients in all 50 states. Well, I don't know. I haven't helped a client in Rhode Island. But this weekend, Matt, you're going to Maine. I oh, mean, yeah. You may even get a Maine client this weekend, right? Portland, Maine. I'm going to try. And if, if if I don't, I'm at least getting some lobster. <laughs> lobster roll. <laughs> Two words, baby. Lobster roll. So uh, – but I had a client in Washington State, the other side of the country this week, where she said, yeah, we set up this LLC, and it was in Tennessee. So they're a Washington client with mm-hmm. Tennessee property, very common. Mm-hmm. And, oh, another tip, when you're doing <laughs> okay, digression here, but we have clients that go online and set up their Tennessee LLC, and they forgot the FONCE exemption, mm-hmm. F-O-N-C-E, family-owned Non-corporate entity. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> non-corporate entity. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> so the font selection, if you, you do not make the right font selection in Tennessee, you now pay a franchise tax or a corporate tax in Tennessee for having an LLC. And clients are blindsided by this, and they call up, and I go, well, did we set up your LLC? Uh, no, I went to LegalZoom. Okay. Now, I love LegalZoom, and I love that they do great things, and they do great documents. They're not there to give advice. They're for the person that already knows what the hell they're doing. But they, but that's, of course, not their sales strategy. <laughs> so, um, but but it, in and of itself, LegalZoom's not a bad thing. It's the people that aren't ready to use LegalZoom use it. So Tennessee. So anyway, this client set up an entity in Tennessee. Another little issue is that when you're setting up entities around the country, it might be nice to call a law that knows what these issues are from state to state. But when they set up their LLC, the wife owned 99% and the husband owned 1%. And I was like, okay, all right, that's, that's interesting. Um, the husband's a doctor. They wanted to create a little asset protection. They're thinking, ooh, we'll put more of the assets in these rentals in the wife's name. So if I get in a lawsuit delivering a baby on the operating room, in the operating room, I, you know, there's maybe some asset protection ideas, whole other topic. So it's something I cover in my book, Tax and Legal Playbook. But um, what happens when you do a two-member LLC is now they have to file a tax return, which be, could be good or bad. Uh, so, Matt, why don't, you, why don't you hit some of the good and bad there of having yeah. a two-member LLC? Well, so if you have the two-member LLC, and let's say this is just two partners, Mark and I. We have a few LLCs together. Um, we have to file a partnership tax return. Now, if it's husband and wife, though, and you're doing 50-50, 99-1, whatever it is, um, however your relationship is, um, you know, you can, in many states, consider that still just one owner and avoid a partnership return. Whenever you have more than one owner, you got to do a partnership, except in the husband and wife scenario. In a lot of states, you can elect out of that and say, we're just going to be one owner. The nice thing about one-owner LLCs, sometimes called a single-member LLC or a disregarded entity, is that the income and expense flows directly down to your personal return. No LLC return is is required. And that's kind of nice when you do an LLC because you don't have to worry about a tax return. But there are some perks, actually, to filing a tax return because you're like you're a lot less likely to get audited, Mark, right? I mean, it's like 10 to 1, or what's the odds? It's a a good deal, actually. (laughs) 
Oh, it's actually a 15 times less chance an audit. That's a 1,500% less chance of an audit when you do a two-member LLC. So these clients of mine that were set up in Tennessee, husband and wife, and, it, you, and which is a, a mess. You don't want to try to elect single-member LLC because the IRS is going to go, who are these two members? And you start getting in a mail battle with the IRS. They're not going to call you, remember, but they're going to send you nasty mail. So you, you really get into problems there. So what we want to do is put the family trust as the owner of the LLC. And husband and wife, they're gonna, it's going to be a marital asset anyway, 50-50, unless there's a prenup. So doing a 99-1 and all that crap is just perfunctory. And you're going to end up doing a tax return that's costly, and it may not be necessary. So these two-member LLCs and a husband and wife are a pain in the butt unless you're being very aggressive with write-offs. And I asked them. I said, what other entities do you have? Are you writing off the kids and cell phone travel and dining and entertainment in other ways? And guess what? They did. They were writing them off in another entity. They were getting all the write-offs over there. And we didn't need to do a two-member LLC for tax audit protection. Um, They weren't traveling to Tennessee on a regular basis. There wasn't a lot of write-offs there over above the normal. So why, you know, hide that LLC tax return from the IRS if you're being a little aggressive, not illegal or unethical, but aggressive. And that's okay. I want to be cautiously aggressive, but I don't want to flaunt my dirty laundry in front of the IRS unless I have mm-hmm. to. So uh, anyway, so complicated, but again, something to consider in the LLC formation process. Yeah. Now, what about, I know we've talked about some of this tax issues, obviously, on an, you know, this is an annual basis. If you're going to have to file a partnership return or the S-Corp return, or whether it's flowing down to your return automatically, you know, you're going to be reporting this income and expense on an annual basis. But what about with the state, or, or do I have to do these minutes, Mark? I mean, is that something LLCs need to do, and what is the state going to want from me? Well, and I think, Matt, as you and I alluded to earlier if you're going to have an LLC, respect it. You know, why set this thing up yeah. and not use it? And we firmly believe across the country that you should be doing annual meetings inside your LLC. Now, there's companies out there on both sides of the fence on this issue. Uh, there's those out there that say, oh, the LLCs are simple and easy. You just file one piece of paper and you're good to go. And those are the people that are typically down and dirty cheap. They're just setting up LLCs for people, and they oversimplify the process. But then there's some of us out there that actually have law firms, and we have clients to go to court on occasion. And it is very, very common that in the deposition phase and when those initial pleadings are happening – Kind of that's what happens in court. You know, law and order speeds this all up in one hour. <laughs> you know, ice, ice tea makes this look a lot simpler, you know. But, um, from the, but when you have an LLC and you're going into court, they want to know, and, and this is always a question in depositions, do you have your corporate book? Do you have an operating agreement? Do you have a separate bank account? Have you been doing minutes? And we've had clients go, well, I, I just have my one sheet of paper. I didn't know I had to do all that. Oh, no, you don't technically have to, but you don't want to be personally liable here, so show us how you respected the LLC because you know the plaintiff on the other side is going to try to tear through your LLC and get at you. 
Don't you want to respect it a little more? You want to bolster that LLC. You want to recognize it. You want to give it some TLC. And guys, we charge 125 bucks a year to do the minutes. It's not a big deal. Yeah. We can do it. And it's a tax write-off. Matt, yeah. what's your favorite story of you and me? Okay, I'm just going to put you on the spot. What's your favorite corporate retreat you and I have done as tax write-off? I don't, I don't know. What to, I don't know what you're going to say here. This is live radio. You know, I'm you know what? Nervous. It's it's simple. It's the board meeting on the surfboard, San Onofre, <laughs> Southern California, and then going and having Pedro's after. I mean Oof. that that is hard to beat. And uh, totally tax deductible because, you know, I got to say, you get on the surfboard, you get out there, you're looking for the next wave to come in. And I'm a little choosy because I kind of suck at surfing. So, you know, there's some time to talk. (laughs) And that's we've honestly had some great discussions and and strategy out there. Uh, Excellent opportunity for I mean, that was that was probably a couple times a year we were doing that. And, you know, it doesn't have to just be annual, um, but at least do it annual. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's all. It was a um, an opportunity to change the world. We were out there <laughs> making big decisions, and uh, it and it was a great. But see, there th- here's the thing: when Matt and I own two or three LLCs, we need to have those meetings. We need to take notes of the meetings. We want to have minutes. We have our staff literally. Matt, wasn't it last week? One of our staff members emailed us and said, "It's time to do your annual minutes." Right. Matt and I were like, "Ugh." <laughs> and so we, we're like, "Well, we were just in Vegas, uh, which we took as a tax write-off, and so we're going to kind of summarize our notes from our meetings in Vegas." Boom, done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to throw out my favorite. Although I love our Vegas trips, our New York trip, you know, whenever Matt yeah, and I are out, get on too. Those were good. But I'm going to tell you my favorite was fly fishing at the Butch Cassidy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was sweet. That was Matt, good. Yep. Matt and I trekked the actual canyons of Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid fly fishing with this guide and catching these little 12, 14-inch rainbows and and uh, staying at the Butch Cassidy Inn right across from Butch Cassidy's old house. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was it was good. I, I was more the Robert Redford type. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to take, I'm just going to throw that out right now. I was not the sidekick in that scenario. I was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know who I was, but uh, I was the guy that if the guide wasn't there, let's just say I would have caught nothing. But he's like, here's the pole, throw it over there. Fish will eat what I put on it. <laughs> it's like, it totally worked. I was like, Mark's looking over at me. It's usually not this easy. <laughs> I felt like you're like, man, he's got to earn it. This is too easy for him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, guiding, yeah, fly fishing, you got to earn it, you know. Get pummeled. That's where surfing comes in. Go get pummeled on a few waves. Then when you catch that one wave, you know how special it is. Okay, That's now, true. maybe one of our last perfect LLCs, we've got a couple more topics here, is the IRA LLC. Mm. Now, guys, this this is a whole industry that our firm has been an industry leader in for almost 15 years Matt, yeah, tell us crazy. about how that IRA LLC is so unique, and gosh, it's again a whole topic for its own show. But why it plays into this topic of uh, the perfect LLC? Yeah. So now, once you get to self-directing an IRA, and remember, this is people who want to use an IRA to buy real estate or invest in an LLC, like we're talking about here. You can use those retirement plan dollars to own an LLC. That LLC then can go buy a rental property. 
and it's giving you asset protection while you'd use an LLC. It also gives you control. So a lot of times when you have a self-directed IRA, what you have to do is you have to get a custodian for the IRA. And you tell custodian, custodian, invest this money, buy this property. Custodian's on title. Custodian collects the rent. Custodian pays the bills. And you have to tell them to do this. And you have to check up on everything. You've got to submit documents for all that. It's a pain in the neck. The IRA LLC works because the custodian in the IRA simply owns the LLC. You can manage the LLC. You don't own it. Your IRA does. And then the LLC goes out and does the real estate transactions. So that's an excellent option, the IRA LLC. And this is one that when we're talking about the perfect LLC, you really got to make sure you're doing right. Do not do this one online. Do not rely on someone who is not an attorney. If you screw this one up, you can totally invalidate your IRA. Your IRA can become distributed. It's called a prohibited transaction. So we set up these, as Mark said, we set them up for a long time. We have a very affordable fee for it, 800 bucks. And uh, this one's very, very nuanced. You have to get a consult with one of the lawyers to do it. But we're only 800 bucks plus state filing fees to set it up. But uh, one you cannot mess up because there's no pulling back. You have a privileged transaction, which is what happens if you mess it up. You no longer have an IRA. Yeah, and, and you, know, you can have a, a multi-member LLC. Just a couple thoughts I'll add to it, yeah. and then we, we probably should dedicate a whole show to these type of LLCs, but, and we have in the past. I mean, many of you catching us on iTunes can catch the IRA shows. But um, two thoughts. You can have a multi-member LLC. Don't listen to your custodians. Guys, any of you listening, this is one of the most important points on this issue. Don't listen to your custodian. I'm not going to say names, but all those little IRA custodians out there, don't listen to them on what you can and cannot do. That is, their, that is not their job to be your lawyer. That's our job. And we carry malpractice insurance, and we'll stand behind our recommendation. Their job is to cover their butts, and they're going to have their list of their internal policies, which may not coincide with IRS policies. That's our job. Let them do what they're good at. We are not an IRA custodian. So they hold your money. We tell you what you can or not do, and you're off to the races. So you can have a multi-member LLC, multiple IRAs, your kid's IRA, your spouse's IRA, 401k, SEP, simple, HSA, boom, throw all in one LLC. We charge $1,500 for a multi-member LLC, but that's okay. Look at all that money you pooled into one bucket. And also, you can be the manager of your LLC. There's a lot of custodians out there that are like, oh, you, yeah, you can set up an LLC, but you've got to have a third party be your manager, and you blah, 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 blah. And they've got all these little <laughs> crap that you don't need to do. Fire the custodian, call us, and move to a different custodian. We will help you get control of your money because it's freaking yours. Invest it the way you want. Throw away your Wall Street Journal and take over Main Street. <clears throat> Boom. Boom. Jeez, I've got some yeah. fire there. Sorry, I just kind of got, got on something there. It's my early morning rock star. Yeah, it's just starting to kick in, finally. Yeah, finally. <laughs> right. Okay, All right. well. We're coming to the closing minutes here. You got, you got one more, Mark? Is your list, yeah, does it have one more on it? I do. I have one more on the list. I won't, because I'm, I'm on fire right now, and I don't want to, you know, I'm going to start swearing here or something. So <laughs> uh, I don't want to go Howard Stern on you. So let's just stick with. One last topic, Matt. You you take us home. The partnership LLC, which is again, a, it's not holding rentals. Mm-hmm. You, in fact, you may even have S corps owning the LLC. But where's this partnership LLC fit, and why is that sometimes a perfect scenario? All right, we love the partnership LLC because it's an easy way from a tax standpoint and an easy way from a legal standpoint to properly partner. 
See, when you go partner with someone in a deal, the very first thing we're going to say we want to make sure you have is a contract. Well, when you set up an LLC, you're going to have an operating agreement. A good operating agreement is basically a partnership agreement. Done. Check the box. Second thing we're going to say, we want you to have liability protection. you got a partner in the mix. We want to make sure their stuff's separate from your stuff. We want to make sure you guys have liability for what you're doing together. That's the LLC is going to give you that liability protection for that business that you're doing. The third thing we want to know is, how's this thing going to be taxed? We want to make sure it's taxed in the most efficient way. Generally, in a partnership scenario, you're going to have partnership tax. And there might be some other ways you'd do it, but that's 99.9% of the time you're going to have partnership tax. So um, when you're partnering, keep in mind, you want to always have a partnership agreement. You want to be addressing liability. The LLC does both those things um, in one. And it's really the, a, a nice fit for any partnering. Mark and I use the LLC to partner in our real estate stuff and a couple of our other businesses. It's a nice, efficient uh, way to do a partnership. Better off than doing corporations and other, other things like that. Yeah, and, and I know some of you are out there like, well, I'll just do a JV agreement. Or I'm just going to give them a note and a piece of the action. Folks, this is, again, where we recommend just even one of our shows we recorded three weeks ago on how to raise capital. We go through this partnership LLC aspect and the difference between lenders, investors, and partners. Please go back and listen to that show if you haven't already. Well, Matt, this brings us to the close of another amazing Refresh Your Wealth show. I, I, I thought, man, I thought it went pretty well. Yeah, it's a heck of a good time. I'm, I'm sure it was great for all of you. I hope so. Um, but thanks for listening this week. Of course, next week we'll be back with another amazing, impactful hour of the Refresh Your Wealth show. Until then, stay calm, refresh your wealth on. Yeah, and oh, uh, man, here's your homework. Go watch the trailer for City Accountant. Go <laughs> Ben Affleck. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream. Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's eBooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. 